host bill nielsen and joining me from his palatial two-bedroom apartment in chicago is chris arneson chris how are you oh uh, thanks bill i appreciate it um i am doing well uh i don't know if anyone can hear that in the background but our um my roommate's cat is wants to be part of the show so it wouldn't be the first time a pet has gotten involved in the action oh yeah i mean yeah she likes video games sometimes so well, I'm not interested in what she's been playing. Okay. I got questions for you. Gotcha. Hey, Chris. Hey, Bill. What you playing? Oh, man. Uh, well, I don't know if... Uh, man, when was the last time I was on? February. February. It's been a while. Cool. So, I still had a job then. <laughs> <laughs> I no longer have a job. I got laid off a few months ago. Um, so, if anyone, want, if anyone needs people, hit me up. Um but anyway, like uh, I've been playing a lot of my backlog these last few months and um, in the, all my free time and have beaten a couple games that I've been meaning to play and beat for a while now. Um, I just beat Firewatch, um, which I loved. And I like absorbed the whole thing and played it like twice in a day. Um, I loved it. It had a really great opening um, of you making these like small decisions that kind of go through like this guy and his it's like text dialogue of like him meeting someone at a bar and like having a relationship with a woman and eventually getting married and you make little decisions along the way um and then later so yeah it's the prologue and the game hasn't even started yet and um your wife gets sick she has uh alzheimer's and it's slowly hitting her well after she gets like her dream job and um, and it really weighs down the relationship, it seems. And then the family come. Her family's she's from Australia, and the family comes and picks her up. And uh, you take a job as a fire watch, like a ranger, essentially for the summer, while you try to decide, you know, what you're gonna do. Um, and there's a lot of that in the game, and it was just really good. Like before the game even started, I was like already tears welling up in my eyes. So I really loved it. Uh, it's on everything. I think it's it plays on a toaster. I'm pretty sure. So uh, I recommend anyone who has not played it to to pick it up. Um, and it's by Fulbright, right? They're the people who did uh, Gone Home and I think Tacoma. Um, I'm not sure of that actually. Uh, I don't think so maybe you're right i think maybe you're right i think, I think it's, it's campo a, santo yeah i think that's right yeah and it's like their first game and they're making another one that's coming out to pc first and probably will hit everything eventually they showed it e3 last year and it was like a woman um and you i believe like in your it's like a first person shoot it's a first person shooter it's a first person i'm sure the same sort of genre like walking simulator quote unquote people call it you know story simulators what they should call it um of um of you like investigating like uh tombs and stuff it looks like so um but yeah like i i loved uh firewatch a lot i was so happy to have the time to like really absorb it and get into it um i just beat celeste finally nice um, okay 
and I just I crushed it. Like it was definitely a really, really difficult game, um, and I'm working on getting the last four strawberries in the game right now. So okay, wow, that's a lot further than I got. <laughs> yeah, I have 170. So I'm very proud of myself for doing all that. I really like those games a lot. It definitely reminded me a lot of um, Team Meat's Super Meat Boy, um, where it just it's very forgiving in a way that like I mean I died like a thousand times in it, but um, it's forgiving in the way that like when you die, it immediately you immediately pop back up and, and to try again at the last save area. So or like right off the edge of the screen. So it doesn't really ever it didn't really ever like wear me down you know like i had a i was had a blast playing it um and i just beat the first run of a game called void bastards void bastards is on my list that game looks pretty awesome it's great yeah it's like a a roguelite um that has like an ftl sort of like space map thing but then when you board these ships for supplies and everything you um it's a first-person shooter, and it kind of it has it's very heavily cel-shaded, stylized game, um, where you play as when you die, you go back to the main ship and you are prisoners essentially. Um, it has a very like dry humor to it, almost like British, like you know, kind of dark humor to it. Um, and yeah, I really liked it a lot. Uh, it was difficult, um, but it felt rewarding again you know was, i think those are the kind of games that i like you know that keep me coming back even though it ought sometimes they can be frustrating because of their curve difficulty curves at times so it looks really cool yeah and i, yeah. Th- I think it has a few people who were involved with the system shock franchise oh yeah you're so, right uh, i remember seeing that that's um, pretty cool yeah and it definitely like kind of plays like that and stuff so um i like i liked it a lot um kind of felt like a passion project for the team or something because it just has so much in it and um, it's on uh, Game Pass, so yeah, it came out. So they've been doing a good job of picking up games. Um, day one they come out, you know, sort of thing. It's not like an it's not an Xbox title by any means, but um, yeah, I really liked it a lot. I'd recommend anyone playing it, especially if you like roguelites, and especially if you like roguelite, like the idea of roguelites, but you you're not good at generally what roguelites are. There's I don't can't think of a lot of them that are first person shooters, um, but this one is. So I don't know. Like it, it kind of felt like it was in my wheelhouse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Celeste too. Even if you're not good at it, it has a lot of options to kind of fine tune the difficulty, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can put. I actually I was trying to get an achievement where called one up where you uh, get six strawberries without basically without hitting the ground because every time you hit the ground it'll it'll take it so you get six of them which is like six thousand points and I think it's like a Mario thing original Mario or maybe six hundred or something but it's like you get a one up so if you get six of them in a row. And there's basically a thing where you just have unlimited jumps, so it was way easier to get it that way. <laughs> yeah, um, and I was yeah. like, I, was, I wasn't even sure. I was like, maybe this will work. Maybe I can still get the achievement if I uh, do it this way. <laughs> but I beat the game without utilizing any of those tools. But I believe you. I believe you can. I didn't even think about it. So I don't know. It was great. It had a great story too, just like Firewatch did. You know, it had a lot of stuff about personal growth. I mean, I guess that's not the same as Firewatch, but it was a story about personal growth and dealing with your demons sort of thing and like being okay 
that you have faults. But yeah, I dug it a lot. And the soundtrack uh, also was incredible. So kind of wish I played it before uh, I'm 8-bit released it on vinyl because now I think it's like an $80 vinyl, something like that. Ugh. Yeah, they go yeah. up. They go up if they, if they when they stop making them. So, but uh, yeah, it was a great game. Um, and I don't know. It was it was really really fun. So, it's on everything as well, I believe. So, so right now we've got Firewatch, mm-hmm. Celeste, yeah, and Void Bastards. And Void Bastards. And I'm still playing Sea of Thieves for anyone who's checking so, with my friends <laughs> and getting ready for the next Borderlands uh, game. Well, Sea of Thieves, they put out a story mode, right? Like they, they did. did that relatively recently. Yeah, they had an anniversary update. They added fishing, a lot of like small, like just activities and stuff to do in the game. And they added like two new factions, a hunter's faction and an arena faction, um, which I've not really invested in uh, fully. But um they added a story section too, and there's nine like story-based puzzle missions, essentially, and they um, they don't play the same every time you play them too. They have other way like they'll they'll have different riddles and different clues and different islands you go to um, to to get to the end results of each one, which um, which are really fun. I just did one recently with my roommate um, where you had to find a magnet or a uh, not a magnifying glass, um, a spyglass that was enchanted essentially. And when you looked up in the sky, you'd see all the, uh, you'd see like, you see the cons- the constellations that are, they made for this thing. So it'd be like, well, you got to find these constellations and go in these directions and like, and, and utilize them for puzzles and such. So, um, yeah, it was fun. I liked, I've, I've not beat them all yet. Um, but I, I've been playing with my, uh, a couple of my friends every now and again when we can all get together and play. So, still a fun game. I don't know. I like it a lot. And um, my roommate just got Crash Team Racing, the remake one, um, and it is really fun and a really good like. I don't. I, I never played the uh, the Crash uh, thing that, that or the Spyro one that that team made um, for the the remasters, whatever, but. It feels like a '90s game in that it feels very—it's very difficult. <laughs> um, it's like it's just like it's not. I, there is no. Uh, I mean, I'm playing on normal, and I—I I, you have to get first place to get to the next tracks, and um, they are not easy. Like I have to play them like six or ten times at a time. Sometimes About six or ten. Yeah, six or ten to like beat it. It's not like Mario Kart where you like you just you just clear the, each cup easily. You know, you oh. get first place in each of them. So it's definitely got a bit of a learning curve to it. Um, but it is. I like it a lot. I don't know. It seems like it's got a pretty healthy um, like outlook for it. They're gonna have free DLC for it, um, and they're gonna have. That includes like new characters and new maps, and they're looking at already revamping the way the online stuff works, just based off of people's uh, feedback and such. So, which is nice. Um, I like when developers um, are able to continue adding to the game, you know. And I think that kind of goes with Sea of Thieves too. Uh, Phil Spencer said recently that he thinks that um, Sea of Thieves would not be where it is today without Game Pass, and I agree with him. Um, I don't know if I would have played the game. I don't think I would have bought it, you know, when it came out. It would have just been a game that didn't really have the room to grow. And um, 
I know a lot of people don't like that sort of stuff. You know, games that feel like they're an alpha. But uh, there's so many games that, you know, it's just, it's just kind of the nature of the beast, you know? Not everyone has millions of dollars to run a game studio. They run it with, like, a couple, you know, a handful of people compared to, like, the people that make Call of Duty and the money and such. So it's nice to see, like, a game kind of realize its potential, you know? You know, uh, I was at one point kind of against early access, but now I'm for it. And the thing I'm opposed to is games that are essentially launching in early access but not saying they're launching in early access. Yeah. So that bothers me more. Is like yeah. with these games where it's like Sea of Thieves or Anthem mm. or uh, I think uh, like Rainbow Six Siege had this happen where it's like, They've gradually rolled out features yeah. as the as the game has progressed, and then yes, that has gone and made it a more attractive uh, proposition for people. Mm. But it feels like it's a little disingenuous. Maybe not as much with Rainbow Six. I'm not as familiar with that uh, product. Remember what came out? It wasn't doing super hot, and I have a lot of friends that still play it, and they're like in their fourth year or something now in that game, and it seems like it's still very popular. So, and I, I think the developer said recently that like they don't have a plan to make a sequel for it. They just plan on keeping this game alive by doing yearly, you know, battle pass stuff. You know, pay a little extra into the game, which I don't know. I feel like if you're playing it enough, any game, like it's worth that getting into that stuff, you know. But like, I think that when I've been playing Rocket League a little bit every now and again, um, and they have like a, they have crates and keys and a battle pass essentially for that too and then also events and all this other stuff and it's just like it's just relentless you know like it's like this isn't a free-to-play game um you're kind of treating it like it is you know so which um but yeah like i i mean i agree with you you know like it's disappointing when a game comes out and it anthem is i never i didn't play it at all um, it just did not appeal to me. Um, and it seems like I made the right decision. Yeah. Uh, or it's kind of like a bad Destiny clone. Yeah, it's uh, very disheartening as a fan of Bioware. Mm-hmm. And I think someone who enjoys like sci-fi stories, Anthem just seems creatively bankrupt. Yeah, it's just a big world with nothing to do in it, essentially. Arguably, from what I understand, it's not even that big of a world. <laughs> yeah, which is probably what they showed in the demo. I, I like the the place. There's like a town where everyone hangs out in, mm-hmm. and it doesn't sound like there's that much to do there. You might meet some people and talk with them a little bit, but nothing like in old Bioware where there's like moral ambiguity or moral choice or like developing relationships with people. It's like I remember when Destiny came out and I was playing it and being like, "Oh, I like this game." And it was a game like I didn't like. I didn't pay for the DLC for it because I didn't like it that much. But I was like, man, it'd be cool if the next Borderlands sequel, is, which is the time between two and three now, uh, when these games would come out, um, would like have this open world feel, you know? Like, what if, you know, what if it felt like it was bigger than, you know, like there was universe to explore and like you could see other players that technically weren't in your party in Sanctuary and such. And now that it's we're a couple months away from Borderlands 3 coming out, I am so glad they didn't do that. <laughs> I'm just so glad that it looks like just a, a game, you know, that I can play with my friends and just have a good time. And um, 
I don't know. I'm big on co-op games, so I really like being able to play a game uh, with, you know, as many people of my friends as possible, I guess. Not as many, but it kind of breaks it. But And I did cut you off a little bit earlier, but you are playing Borderlands 2, right, you said? I Yeah, they added a... Uh, for. They added during E3 uh, a new DLC for Borderlands 2 that'll tie the game between what happens in 2 and 3. Um, and I just played, and I just finally went back and beat uh, Tales of the Borderlands as well because I was like halfway through it, um, which had a pretty big character death in it, honestly. So, which I'll not spoil here, but. I was surprised, and I, I think that if I would have played three and they're not in it, um, or they won't be, I imagine, um, that I think a lot of people are going to be like, I didn't know this happened. <laughs> so, Yeah, that's uh, one. I really liked it when I played it. I played like the first two episodes, but yeah. due to the nature of those games not coming out all at once, I kind of lost the thread, and I haven't gone back yet. Yeah, I recommend it, um, and I definitely think that was probably the biggest problem with the Telltale uh, series as a whole um, is that it was hard to keep people's attention that long. I mean, they made a lot of really good games, um, but some of them were duds. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and it sucks when you play a game like you think there's going to be a big decision. I remember playing the first Walking Dead game they did, and the second episode of it where like you you're staying with a family that turns out to be um, cannibals. I just remember that climb up to... I was playing it alone. No one was my house, I mean. Like, I was just... I was just playing it by myself, and no one... There was... I just... I felt like that urgency of, like... Of just... Of not having another human, you know? So it felt like I was climbing the staircase, too, to what would have been... I found is one of the people in our party basically cut up in a... In a bathtub. Um, And I was so anxious, like, taking every step... Of that, of of making that um, that little mini journey to that discovery, and I think that a lot of the Telltale games had that sort of stuff, and a lot of them didn't. You know, like they didn't feel like you made big decisions. It felt like you were playing a TV show with um, that didn't really engage you ever. You know, like they're just and they were easy. Yeah, I mean, it's not ever meant to really impede your progress. Like there yeah. are technically challenges from time to time in those games but they're not hard yeah yeah it's uh because I, I what i liked about them when they came out is it, it felt like the adventure puzzle game you know genre had been long you know forsaken for such a long time you know there weren't any lucasarts monkey island games anymore or anything and those are the games i grew up on so i was very excited to see people pick them back up again um but uh, I could have done with some more silly games, you know? Borderlands kind of had that, because the, the universe is kind of weird and silly. Um, I didn't play all of them. Um, I mean, I didn't even beat this one until recently, so... Um, and I, I know that a lot of them are disappearing off the stores, too, so... Yeah, they're basically gone. Yeah. All, a lot of them have been delisted from GOG, from Steam. Guardians of the Galaxy got delisted. But I you know I saw it today. Uh, the Walking Dead series as a whole is getting a physical release soon of all the games, like all the little mini sequels and stuff. Which um, that's yeah. the first one, season two, four hundred days, yeah, New Frontier, and the final season, yeah. appropriately named. <laughs> oh yeah, final season. Yeah, I 
Like, I never beat the second one, because they, they had, like, a, a little hiatus between some episodes, and I just, you know, it lost the thread, like you said, you know? Um, and then the... I bought, like, the pack they did, and they, they put them all together, and it was like, there's definitely some that are missing from that still, but I still need to go back and beat the Fables Wolf... Um, Wolf Among Us? Uh, Wolf Among Us, yeah. Because I love that comic series a lot, and really like the Bigby Wolf character. I thought it was done. I thought it was really well done. Um, and again, didn't beat it. <laughs> so and now I have all the time in the world. So I'm just going through my backlog and just trying to get stuff cleared. So next on the agenda, God of War. I, I played a little bit of God of War. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'd file that under. I can see why people like this, but I don't think it's for me. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to like every game. I think I was trying to figure out like why I didn't like that, but I do like uh, Spider-Man. I've been enjoying playing some of the PS4 Spider-Man. 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 Give me, Spider-Man. A, give me some pictures of these Spider-Men. Spider-Man. Radio. <laughs> Are you in the 90s? Is that the 90s thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I spider blood. I love spider that blood. show. Radioactive spider blood. I don't think I knew that they said spider blood for those lyrics. <laughs> I, I don't know didn't. what I thought it was, but I do not think I thought it was spider blood. No, I had no idea what they were saying. I hope that that's a character they bring into the next uh, um, the next Spider-Verse movies. Spider blood? No, like the the, the nine the, the, oh, the like, What the if 90s. they brought in the 90s like cartoon... Spider-Man, because he could technically, right? I bet the voice actor's still doing voice work. Uh, yeah, he's probably alive. Yeah, this like that—that that was for me for so long. That was Peter Parker for me. Yeah, you know, even like when Tobey Maguire was Peter Parker, I was like, he's not a very good Peter Parker. <laughs> Which is the reason I—I I think I don't like God of War compared to the this uh, Spider-Man and some other open-world games. Is like the movement. Yeah, I don't like it when the character doesn't move fast enough or mm-hmm. in like an inventive enough way I, yeah. th- I think because like I, I didn't really like God of War I thought I didn't like any of the old God of War games so I, I'm with you there I didn't like how Aloy moved in Horizon Zero Dawn I have not opened it yet <laughs> I didn't like how Link moved in Breath of the Wild oh wow controversial but I really like how Spider-Man moves yeah. and because he can like do the the zip lines and like swing around everywhere and it you feels unlock new moves and, and it, stuff. It just feels fun to get from point A to point B, which is, doesn't always feel fun in too many of these open world games. Like it felt like it rewarded you for trying new things in the game, like for utilizing the new moves you get and stuff. It felt like you got experience for do for doing those things and you unlocked more ways to traverse and more like ways to you know fly around the city. It definitely is a very fun. Probably, probably, I don't know, I haven't beaten it yet, but um, I liked it a lot outside of some of the boss fights that I got to. The Shocker one was a really annoying boss fight. Oh, good, I already finished that fight. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that was pretty annoying, but I'm done with it now. Yeah, I was just like, how do you how do you traverse? You have like, this whole open world city thing, you're traversing around, and like it's just it feels so free, and then they put you in a room, and it just feels like it really limits oh, the gameplay mechanics. Oh, I guess a different you. fight with Shocker then. This is the first one. Where are you you're chasing a, him? You're in a bank. Aren't you? Maybe? <clears throat> no, maybe. I thought that was Kingpin. Bank, Kingpin is the first boss fight. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then there's a shocker fight they put you in a room too later on. Maybe you fight oh, him twice. Yeah, because so, yeah. like there, there's a scene where Sorry. you're chasing him. I didn't mean to spoil that for you. That's okay. It's, it's not, not a big it's all right. thing, you right? You gotta fight Shocker twice. Yeah, you gotta fight Shocker twice. Uh, he's a bit of a joke. Um, I think that Shocker always will be. I always thought he was cool as heck though in the '90s cartoon. He is a butt of a lot of jokes in, yeah. uh, in comics I've read. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely is. I like the uh, Homecoming that they had both, like, both personas that played him, like, effectively. They had, like, both the characters that were Shocker. Like, there's, like, a lot of Spider-Man villains were, like, I'm the fifth Hobgoblin. And she's, <laughs> like, really? The fifth? And it's, like, do you have any relation to any of these other Hobgoblins? Like, no, I've never met any of them. But I'm Hobgobbling around because name recognition, baby. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, any other games you want to talk about, or should we... Hmm, I don't know. You got anything else? Well, I, right now. I got some games. Oh, yeah, okay. Let's get into what you're doing. Uh, so, I got three. Mm-hmm. First, I'm going to talk about Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Which is for the... 3DS. 3DS, okay. Just uh, going through some of my own backlog on okay. stuff, and that was a game that I picked up actually not that long ago because, you know, I heard good things about it. Mm-hmm. I never played a Luigi's Mansion before, and that seems like the most... Like, on the game cube? <laughs> no, I never played that one, okay. or the 3DS port of that one, which oh. is a very strange port in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, but the Dark Moon, it's got a, it's got some fanfare. I think Luigi always has a little fanfare. People want to root for him, but they never really give him good games. He's an underdog. He's an underdog. Yeah. 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 Mario, you know, is going to get the job done mm-hmm. given enough time. Luigi, you're not so sure about. No. And uh, in Luigi's Mansion, you are hunting ghosts. You have a vacuum cleaner, mm-hmm. and you are uh, sucking up all the ghosts when you when you see them in different rooms. Sometimes they have the power to camouflage themselves, and you have to do different little tricks to get them out of hiding. Yeah, or you might have to like dodge an attack, and then they'll be vulnerable when you suck them up that way. And then you also use the vacuum in a lot of different ways to uh, unlock different parts of the levels. Uh, so like, there's a there's a dumb waiter, and you have to get from the first floor to the second floor. So you, uh, you, there's a rope. You suck on the rope. You pull the rope hard enough, and it calls the dumb waiter down from the second floor to the first floor. A, a dumb waiter is a. It's kind I of know what a dumb waiter is. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe the audience doesn't. Obviously, yeah. It's That's why ele- you were explaining it. <laughs> it's an elevator for food. Yeah. For rich people. Yeah. And, and so for you, hotels. Yeah. And uh, you call it down. You can get in the dumb waiter and get lifted up that way. Yeah. Or you can, like, roll up a carpet and find coins underneath the carpet with the vacuum cleaner. Okay. And they're not, like, Boo Ghosts. Boo the Ghost. Or King Boo. King Boo is the final boss. Which you know because, like, you see King Boo at, like, the start of the game in the opening cutscenes. What's the... Not not to say... A lot of Mario games especially suffer from just bad story you know like they're not engaging they're just doing the same thing they've been doing for you know 30 years princess tropes and um so what is the story why why is it so pressing for luigi to go into this mansion and suck up these ghosts well from the start of the game you see professor egad uh he's working on some research and like he's doing it harmoniously with a bunch of ghosts and then this uh, this big thing, this big jewel breaks, and uh, that causes all the ghosts to go haywire and start like messing with the professor. And he's like, "Oh no, 
So he calls oh, Luigi no. to go and like get all the ghosts back in line. Does Luigi have a business, a ghost busting business? I think Luigi's just like a hapless intern of some kind. At, I don't think he's getting paid for at this. At Mario's ghost busting business? Yeah. Oh my gosh, poor Luigi. Like he does get money. But that money never ends up in Luigi's pocket, I think. Oh, really? So you can't utilize any money to upgrades or anything? You get upgrades, okay. but I mean, I don't think it's like a an equivalent exchange or a currency. It's not like Luigi has the option to get the upgrade. He couldn't just like walk away with two grand if he didn't feel like working anymore for today. Poor Luigi. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He gets like an upgrade to his vacuum so he can, can do more work. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You see where this is going, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of... I, I felt like I saw what I needed to see about the game after about an hour. We're like, go in the mansion. You can explore and find some neat little secrets. Yeah. And that's kind of neat. And uh, you meet the different ghosts, and that's kind of neat. But it's like, okay, I, I don't need to do this for any longer. There's nothing, like, story-wise or character-wise to draw me back. And, like, and the game mechanics are only so deep. Yeah. It's just... I mean, how long of a game is it? I don't know. I think, from what I was seeing, like, 10 to 15 hours. That's probably appropriate. So I played for, like, two hours, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. On to Eva with you. Uh, goodbye, Luigi's Mansion. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. Uh, wait, whatever will be, will be. Yep. <laughs> Killer Queen's coming out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is... Uh, one Switch game. It's a Shantae Half Genie Hero Ultimate Edition. And this is okay. So is this a new Shantae game, or is this a remaster, a rework, or like it's a release of another one? It's a gussied up port of, I believe, a Wii U game. Wow. Yeah. Because no one played the Wii U. Probably not. Probably not, man. So uh, Shantae is a genie, or I guess technically she's half genie. Okay. And she has different magical powers she can activate by dancing okay and she goes around and like fights just the cartoony villains of her world like uh her main antagonist appears to be this pirate named risky boots and i'm back on board <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah risky boots love it is it a cat it is another uh lady okay well that's nice too yeah You're not a lady cat not a lady cat not okay. from what i could tell this thing, every, time, every time I hear the word boots is the name, I just think of a cat. That's an understandable reaction. Yeah. I could see that. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the drawings and the animation in this game are gorgeous. Like, all of the characters look really well animated and sharp, and it's a very brightly colored backgrounds and tropical seas, and it's very nice to look at. Nice. Uh, the, the gameplay was was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you go, you jump through the level, you you meet the boss at the end, you fight the boss, and you get a new power. You can use that new power on the next stage to uh, navigate the the trials of that level. Just uh, again, I didn't feel like there was anything that like really made me want to keep going. I feel like I've you know I've played this kind of game before. Yeah, and it looks nice, but that wasn't enough to keep me going. Okay, I mean that's uh, that's fair. I don't know. It's, it's okay to know when a game doesn't, a, a piece of media does not engage you any longer. So, I don't know. I think that's why I like, I like Celeste so much. Is it like the way that they add new challenges and the way that they like, you know, bring more to you? It's like, okay, you've done all this long enough. I think you're ready for the next tool um, 
in this level, you know? So it doesn't ever, like, kind of bog you down at all. It's always challenging you to do new things. Yeah. Which I like about... That's a game, a type of thing I like in games. There's a pretty great story moment about midway through the game that, like, changes a lot of how the game plays, where, like, you're facing certain challenges before, but now you have this new power, and it's pretty great power. makes traversing the world a lot easier even mm-hmm. if the challenges are getting harder yeah so that that was pretty cool yeah not to bring it back to the game yeah to <laughs> celeste but hey celeste is a good game i liked it a lot too yeah very good game uh the last game i played though which i did like a lot and i actually i've played it all the way through to completion oh nice is time spinner okay i've uh, not heard of this game time spinner is a game that uh on one hand very liberally borrows from Castlevania Symphony of the Night or the general uh, Metroidvania trope. Oh yeah. Uh, even it's a big thing right now. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, I think there was a while where they were really hot, then it cooled off a little bit. Now they're really hot again. Yeah, Hollow Knight. I need to play as well. Hollow Knight is a really good game. Yeah, they just added it to Game Pass, so hey. I downloaded it, so it's on my list. Yeah, get it. Might talk about it next time. So, <laughs> hopefully. But Time Spinner, I think, like, a lot of these games, you know, borrow, I think, like, the general skeletal design of Symphony. Yeah. But Time Spinner, like, literally, when you pause and you go to the menu screen, the menu screen looks a lot like the menu screen from Symphony of the Night. With, like, a portrait of the character and the name and the fonts and stuff. It's very, like, kind of a love letter to that game, probably. See, at first I thought that's all it was. Yeah. Uh, But I feel like it does a really good job of coming into its own and introducing new ideas uh as you might have guessed from the title time spinner there is a time travel mechanic so you are jumping back and forth between a past and a present and to a limited extent your actions in the past will impact the the present world okay but also more importantly you have like a time stop ability you can use that lets you like dodge enemy attacks uh what i really liked about it though was it had some really unique platforming applications yeah uh so like one of the cool ones i saw was uh so you're uh there's a guy and he's like throwing rocks at you from a ledge but if you get close enough to him he'll panic and he'll like jump off the ledge at you and you can freeze time while he's in the air jump on him and then jump over him to get to where he was standing and find a new item upgrade oh wow that's nice yeah. So you gotta like really think about the moves you're making in each of these areas. So yes, I think that's kind of how Symphony of the Night was too, though, because like it was you explore this big castle and there's so many secrets in it, and you can beat the game without finding everything. What I think some of the really good Metroidvanias do, and this one does it, mm-hmm. is like yes, you can go off and find an upgrade, but if you work really hard, there might be a few upgrades you can find like out of order if yeah. you're just like good enough at like uh, using the. Uh, game mechanics you already have yeah like that's something i liked about uh steam world dig 2 is like you get better uh jumps and like you can eventually get a jetpack i need to play that game still that's my, another that's my, another good one my roommate says it's very good it's very good yeah i recommend it but like if you're good enough you can just utilize like the wall jumps and your knowledge of like exactly how far your character can run and do a running jump to get to some places you might not normally reach yeah good story uh time spinner yeah yes yeah so it's uh sometimes a bit confusing just because they throw a lot of different names for like factions at you kind of a 
oh, Game of Thrones meets Lost kind of confusing? Like Maybe not that much, but like there's the past and the present, and there's warring factions in the past and warring factions in the present, and sometimes it's like, okay, so this one was bad, and this one's good, but then sometimes like they, the characters from one side are good, and sometimes the characters from the other side are bad, and it's you kind of need to keep a little bit of track, and luckily there's a journal in your menu so you can look back and see like okay this person said this thing so you know they're good so it's definitely not a game to uh put down in the middle of it and come back a few months later i would advise against it and it's not that long of a game like i think i didn't play it as efficiently as i could have and i got through it in under 10 hours oh nice and that's getting like the true ending to the game too oh true ending you bought it what's what system did you play it on i played it on switch it originally came out on pc it's out on switch now I assume it's either on its way to or already out on PS4 and Xbox. Hopefully. Yeah, I uh, would be I like surprised. Relic and Games said everything, so. I know Hollow Knight came. It's on Game Pass, as I said earlier now, and I've uh, just one of those games, like, like those kind of games, it's like, I really want to play this, but I really need to put aside the time to to make it happen. And I know that, like, I've been watching uh, a couple YouTubers, uh, Girlfriend Reviews did a thing on, um, basically they did a couple Metroidvania games, and she really liked, um, they really liked playing and, and going through Hollow Knight, it seemed, so. And they said a lot of good things about it. And the art's really good, so. Playing Time Spinner and playing a game like Hollow Knight also helped me figure out something else I liked about, like, why I like certain games why I don't like other games. Yeah. Like, uh, I think I'm more a fan of, like, lore being doled out through, like, through reading and, like, backstory and characters. Well, you, like, want to pick up all the books in uh, Elder Scrolls and read them all? And yeah. Are, they, are you that kind of gamer? I'm that kind of gamer, and I'm less about, like, atmospheric, mm-hmm. uh, like, storytelling. Yeah. Where, uh... I love, I love some atmospheric storytelling. Like, I, I did actually finish Journey recently, yeah. and it's telling, like, the entire story with no spoken words yeah and like cutscenes that are all like visually uh instructive i think it'll be that game i think you should at least see it because i'm glad i at least saw what there was to see even yeah. if i didn't I, that's another one where it's like i can see why people like this game it is very artfully made it's not for me yeah I, I get that it's, i think it's fine you know i think a lot of people put a lot of stress on themselves to like like all the fads like all the good games you know i tried that with dark souls and stuff and i was just like this is not the kind of game for me i can appreciate it i appreciate people like it and they get good at it um and beat it with donkey kong control or donkey konga bongos uh, yeah. <laughs> but it is not for me um but yeah i think that's okay you know to, to know that about yourself like to not force yourself to play games that you hate <laughs> playing so um, but yeah, I gotta check the game out. It sounds good. Yeah. I need a new Switch game too, so. Also, I need to beat Breath of the Wild, so. Do you though? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Like, I got really close because my roommate had a Wii U and he got a Switch and then he gave his Wii U to his brother so his brother's kids could play games on it. And he gave the whole library of games to it too. Um, what a selfish guy. What a selfish jerk, you know? And they really even take one second and think about you, yeah. and your save file. And my, that I bought Smash Brothers for it, and I still have it, even though I don't have a Wii U in the house at all. Um, but 
Uh, but yeah, like I, uh, I really, really, really came close. I think I, I and that, and then I, I have it on the Switch now. I got my own Switch, and um, have not really invested the time into it. You know, like I have a couple times when I'm like on vacation or something. And I'm like on a flight, and I'm like, okay, this is a good time to to get back into this game. Um, but I haven't like sat down and really, really explored and gotten back into it again. I don't know. I'd like to beat it. Um, it was like one of the first Zelda games since Ocarina of Time that really engaged me. Um, because that game, like, that was, that was the first time ever I remember playing a, an action RPG or anything like that. I was blown away by it, so. I don't know. I like, I like having that feeling again, you know, with games. That nostalgic feeling. It's so. nice. It's it's harder and harder to recapture for it some is. inexplicable reason. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you what it is. It's almost like we're getting older. I are we? No. Okay, good. Just checking. Forever young. I, I wanna, wanna be forever young. Do you really want to live forever? Forever. Forever, forever young. young. Wow, we should do karaoke. Yes, we should. Okay. I've been working on uh, Show Up and Dance With Me. That's like the next song I'm going to... Do a karaoke? Yeah, it's in the lab right now. Oh, in the, the lab. lab. My shower. Oh, I'm yeah. Singing in the shower. That's you know. the best place to, to do it. So, yeah. I, get, I get it. I get, I get what you're putting down. I don't know. I've been singing uh, Presidents of the United States Peaches. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's a crowd favorite, usually. Um, people seem to know this song. Uh, and I love that band, so I don't know. That's a good album. That the, the and it's a self-titled that one's on. So Presidents of the United States of America. Yeah, it's got Lump, it's got Kitty, it's got Dune Buggy, it's got it all. It's got Peaches. Oh, so they parodied Gump? No, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think we're wandering off topic here. So we uh, are. Those were the games I've played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, I have to uh, portion it out. More gradually, I think, just uh, to have something to talk about every other episode. That's understandable. So, I've been playing a lot, so I definitely had a lot to say. And I have a lot of, on my plate, too, of games I'm going to play. Well, that's good, because we'll have to have you back on soon Love to it. talk about them. Yeah, it'd be great. In the meantime, though, Chris, mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. I really appreciate uh, getting invited back every time and being on the show. If you want people to find you, either electronically or in person... Where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Chip Snackerson. Um, it's currently locked because I was uh, in the middle of some interview, job interview rounds. Um, and I just, you know, I retweet a lot of stuff, uh, politically charged stuff and things, and I don't want somebody to look at it and take it out of context or, you know, judge me a certain way. Although they should be judging me in a good light, I think. Um but yeah, I don't know. I just locked it because I heard that's something you should do. But anyway, um, you can find me doing... I do improv with my team, Chicago Breakfast, at Laugh Out Loud Theater um, over on Lincoln Avenue. Um, generally, every Tuesday and... Or every other Tuesday or every other Friday. Um, we're generally there on those dates. Um, we're doing some Saturday shows this month, too. And um, you can check us out at CB Improv on Instagram or find us at Chicago Breakfast improv on facebook awesome yeah thank you yeah well uh, as for us we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com like us on facebook we're so many bits on there follow us on twitter and tumblr at so many bits 
subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or download from Simplecast, from SoundCloud, from YouTube, or stream on Spotify. Mm. We play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits, Wednesday and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time. Wednesdays for Magic the Gathering Online and MTG Arena. Thursdays nice. for a variety of different games. So, uh, yeah, like I was saying earlier, I played some uh, Spider-Man, played some God of War, but played a bunch of other stuff, too, like Resident Evil 2 or uh, Hollow Knight or Superhot. It's a, it's a wide variety of games, so come check it out. Uh, I'm also listed on nerdalogs.com, so check out my podcast there and check out a bunch of fun other podcasts as well. And last but not least, thank you very much. Have a great summer.